You're listening to Faith with Friends podcast, where we talk about faith, relationships, and spiritual growth. Welcome to our circle and the conversation where we seek to know God and make Him known. Now, here's your host, Lisa Lorenzo. Hey, friend. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. If you're like me, you've probably been spending a little more hours awake in the middle of the night than asleep. (laughs) Oh my goodness, yes. And so here I am reading through the Word of God, finding inspiration and finding encouragement. And today I am blessed and thankful to have my friend Shonda here. Good morning, Shonda. Hi there. Thanks for having me. I'm excited because we're going to be looking at Isaiah 43, which is kind of a long chapter, but oh my gosh, it's such a deep chapter. So today we're not going to go verse by verse. We're not going to give you an in-depth study. We're just going to talk about what we see in these passages. So without further ado, let's dive right in. All right, let's do it. Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who redeemed you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I know. Gosh, I get the chills like... I will give people in exchange for you and nations in exchange for your life. Verse 5. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Verse 8, lead out those who have eyes but are blind and who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they are right so others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there ever be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, from the ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? Sure. This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the the chariots and horses, the army reinforcements together, and lay these 
or I'm sorry, and lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I have I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called upon me, O Jacob. You have not wearied yourselves for me, O Israel. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not bought, brought fragrant calmness for me, for me, or lavished on the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Thank you, Lord, for that. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Your first father sinned. Your spokesmen rebelled against me. So I will disgrace the dignitaries of your temple, and I will consign Jacob to destruction and Israel to scorn. Wow. I hope that you guys opened your Bible and read with us. But if you didn't, I mm -hmm. encourage you to go back afterwards and read it again and underline and circle the things that caught your attention. So Shonda, let's talk about these first few verses where it says, he created you, he formed you. And then it tells us, do not fear. Why shouldn't we fear? Because he created us and formed us. And then he redeemed us. And then he called us by name. It's so true. And in the very first verse, you and I are both moms. And I'm sure there's lots of moms and dads out there listening today. But you know, I think of it with my kids and how, and how I have ownership with my children, you know, whether, you know, I don't obviously don't own them, but you know, I take, I take pride in them. I, I, it's such a good visual for me with my children where it's where he says, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Like that is like, I am his. Right. And I just love that. The God of the universe says that I'm his. So cool. Yeah. He has authority over our life first because he created us. And then when we were lost, he set out to find us. And then he redeemed us. He bought us back. So picture a toy that you make with your own hands. And then it gets lost and you find it at a garage sale and you buy it again. It's twice yours. Yes. Not only did he create us, but then he redeems us or buys us back out of bondage and sin. Love it. And then there's this whole portion about when you go through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep you over. And I love that it says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned because he gives us peace to walk through difficult situations because sometimes we want to run or sprint. But it says, when you walk through those fires, they're not going to set you ablaze because I am with you. Yes. Yes, I love that. I love that. that through any potential obstacle, God's going to be with you, no matter how deep the waters, no matter how big those flames seem and how, but like you said, you, we walk through it and he says that, and he doesn't just say it. It's a command, right? You know, when you, you, I am with you, fear not. It, he keeps saying it over and over too. fear not. He's like, you know, it's not like, Hey, don't worry. 
He's saying, fear not. That's a command. It's not suggestion. <laughs> and what do we, what do you see in the word when, when you pass, when you walk, when you go through the rivers? It's going to happen. Right. It's not if one time in your life you go through a hard time, like we can expect difficult times in life. We can expect trials. We can expect hard pressing times. And sometimes you feel like you're drowning. I had a message the other day from a listener that said she's going through a difficult time in her marriage and she felt like she was drowning. And all I could remember was Isaiah 43, because when you feel like you're drowning, you're not. He's with you. He keeps your head above the water. When you invite him in, when we invite him in, open our hearts and invite him in, not only to our lives, not only to our, our hearts, but when we invite him in and just talk to him and say, Lord, I'm going through this very tough time. I feel like I'm drowning. Please allow me to feel your presence. Right. Well, and you know, in, there was a, in some of the commentary, it says floods overwhelm. God used such good terminology for us. It's not like you're going to go through, you know, a valley. He does use that, that terminology throughout scripture, but I love this particular um, terminology with floods overwhelm, fires consume. Yeah. And God is saying they will not happen. That won't, that won't happen. It may feel like that, right. but the, the flood will never overwhelm you and the fire will never consume you. It may feel like it, but it, it won't because I am with you. I'm going to shield you, protect you. And it will be hard. I mean, think about it. You know I mean? Anytime you're, you're in a, um, in a swimming in a pool, you know, you, you can't just sit there and fall down and, exactly. and sink. You right. have to actually swim and, and figure it out when you're in a, a flood or a fire. It's, it's difficult. But like you said, it's going to happen whether you're in a difficult season, coming out of a difficult season or entering a difficult season. It's going to be one of those three. <laughs> yes. And I love that he repeats this throughout this entire passage. I am the Lord, your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. I am your Savior. And then he shows his authority again. He will give ransom. He will exchange nations for you. Like you have value to the Lord. He sees yes. your worth and he's willing to pay the price. That price was Jesus on the cross. But in these passages, he's saying, listen, I'll even exchange whole nations because that's how much I love you. I'm not going to leave you. Yeah. I'm not going to let the enemy win. Which is, which is so beautiful because there's nothing we bring to the table. So our worth is just because he loves us, right? Nothing for nothing else that we can't bring that we were speaking, you and I were talking before, um, on a different podcast about how we absolutely have nothing to bring to the table. And he loves us just because he loves us. Like our children, when we give birth to our children, they've done nothing except come into the world. And we have this immediate need to protect love and um, you know, treasure them just the way that God treasures us. It again reminds us, don't be afraid because I'm with you. And then it talks about bringing our children back and boy, tell me that doesn't tug at a mother's heart. <sighs> tell me if you're a mom and you have a wayward child or your kids aren't walking with the Lord, that the fact that God promises, I'll bring the children from the East and gather you from the West. And of course, in this passage, he was speaking to Israel's return from Babylon and bringing the people back because he made a promise and he was going to keep that promise. Right. But it shows that God cares where we're at, 
where our children at, we can come to God, we can pray about any situation. And just like he was saying in exchange, he'll give nations in exchange, he exchanges with us. He takes our burdens and gives us peace, his peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So true. I just love that we're chosen. We're chosen. We're not supposed to, you know, sit around and rest in our, you know, chosenness. Yes. <laughs> we're supposed to go out and serve and love and do what you're doing and do a podcast telling people how much Jesus loves them mm-hmm. and how much God's word can literally give balm to your soul. I, I just love that. I love it. You are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. That's Isaiah 43, 10. I just love that quote. Absolutely. No. In Isaiah 42, verse 20, it says, you've seen many things, but you pay no attention. Your ears are open, but they don't listen. So it talks about a people he's revealing himself to who have eyes to see, but they will not see. They have ears to hear. They will not hear. It reminds me of the idols that remember in, in other passages, it talks about idols that have eyes they can't see. But here he gives this great thing. He's like, okay, bring them out. What have they done for you? Yeah. And I want you yeah. to think about that for a minute. What have the idols of this world, fame, success, popularity, materialism, false gods, other religions, what have they done for you? Because he's saying here, let them come and testify. But you, you're my witnesses. You yeah. tell. And who is it that's called by his name, created for his glory, who doesn't have a testimony of things God has done in their life? Now, the problem is that non-believers will think a testimony is telling how God got you out of a situation. And I'm telling you that more importantly is how God got you through a situation. Referring back to the beginning of the passage where it says, you're going to go through the waters, but they're not going to drown you. You're going to go through, you're going to walk through the fire, but I'm going to be with you. And it reminds me of our other podcast about the three Jewish boys. They were in the fire, but it says they didn't burn. And when they got them, when they got them out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Exactly. That's our witness. Exactly. You're going to go through this and I'm going to get you through it. Not that we don't suffer because we do. Our hearts can be broken. We, we lose, quote unquote, what we think we were praying for, even life expectations, loved ones that we've lost. I, I saw a social media post the other day, and it kind of said like, yeah, post the person you're missing. So I started thinking through that, and I was like, I have too many to list. Right. You know? Yeah. Let's see, my mother, both grandmothers, my Terry, Barbara, <laughs> where, yeah. where do I start with this? And I was like, you know, we, we do lose and we suffer and we mourn, but we do not mourn without hope. Right. Right. And God says, I mean, God told us in this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. We, I mean, that is a promise that this, even though the fires are big, the storms are raging and seem so out of control, but take heart. I mean, and I have had many seasons in my life that I just didn't even think I was going to get through the day, let alone the, uh, the month or the year. And, you know, I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you (laughs) talking about, about, about it. So, and, and I look back on those seasons and those were the seasons that I really felt the closest to the Lord. I really did. Those are the, I mean, the fire is when you feel, you really know, okay, God, you're here (laughs) because it's not overtaking me right now. It's not consuming me. 
So yes, it's, it's hard. And it's not to minimize people's pain or, or minimize the, because I'm not in a storm right now that your storm is not, you know, that you'll get through it. It's fine. Take heart. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a platitude and it's, it's a promise that yes, it's going to be super hard. You will over overcome it. It will. And you know, if you're in a storm right now and you cannot find the strength or the quietness in your heart to pray, then I'm going to give you a tool that God has really used in my life. Write down your burden. Get out a piece of paper, get alone with God. Just write down. These are the things that are hurting me the most. These are the things I'm the most worried about. And then write, write a little note to God and say, Lord, I'm giving you each one of these. And I don't know how in the world you could ever work any of these things out. But when I'm afraid, I trust in you. Fold that paper up and put it in your Bible. And watch and see how God will help you, strengthen you, comfort you in the middle of that storm. And another way we see, starting in verse 14, which the heading in my Bible is God's mercy and Israel's unfaithfulness, is God starts reminding them. God starts reminding them what he has done, where it says in verse 16, well, first of all, he reminds them again who he is, because that should be our focus, who God is. He says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. And then it says, and this is what he said, he who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Now Israel would remember that. Yes. He yes. threw out the chariots and the horses and the army and the reinforcements. They laid there and never rise again. So when Israel got to the Jordan and the seas opened and they went through, and then the seas closed. And there's historical proof that Egypt had no army for years. I want to say it was 18 years. They had no army. Yes. Because they had to wait for the babies to grow, grow yes, up. Yes, exactly. So he's reminding them, have I not done powerful, miraculous things in your life? Yeah. Watch and forget the former things because, you know, Israel would constantly like, gosh, you know, this is so hard. I want to go back to slavery. I want to go back to this. Life was easy and or life wasn't easy, but they, of course, you know, we always look back and think, oh, you know, we, uh, we romanticize the things that really saying, forget that I have a bigger thing, better thing that is before you. So forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I love that. That is such a special, special for anybody hurting or going through a hard time or your life has taken a turn. Maybe there's been a death or a divorce or a separation or just, you know, removed from a situation. Look at what this says. Forget what, don't focus on what was. Look forward. Look at what God is doing. Don't dwell on the past. Watch me do a new thing. And there's two verses that are referenced there. And the first one is Second Corinthians 5.17. And it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. And the former things, they have passed away. And then Revelations 21.5, it says, and he that sat on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, write these words that are faithful and true. And then he said to me, it is done. Oh, gosh, that's so cool. I love that. That is just, it really is. I love that. That's Corinthians verse. We, we're not who we were. How can there be 
streams in a desert. So if you're sitting there going, there's no way to fix this. There's no overcoming this. There's no way to get, it, it's impossible. My life is over. My life is over. And he's saying, watch me put water in the desert and make it a stream, not a puddle. Watch me put streams there. I will make a way for you. And Jesus Christ is the way, the that way, truth. the truth and the life. He came to make a way where there was no way, which is our redemption story. Yes, it, it really is. I am the way, the truth and the life. And God did make a way. He reconciled us from eternal separation from him, which is, you know, the crux of the gospel. You know, he, there's, we can't, we can't bring anything. We can't do anything. We can't be good enough. We can't be bad enough. <laughs> you know, there's, if you, if you can't be good enough, you can't be bad enough. You know, you, you really have to trust in the, the sovereignty of God and the only thing that can, that can truly save us, which is a relationship with Christ. And we've talked about this before, you know, God is the way you, you accept that you give your life to him. And then there has to be a shift of, okay, God, you are, I'm going to make you the God of my life. Right. I'm not, I'm going to forget the former things. I'm going to, I'm going to look forward to, to something new, but you are going to be the God of my life. For me, that took a while to get that after I became a believer and it's hard giving him all the ick <laughs> and literally giving it all to him, letting him into every room of my heart, which is, it's a difficult, it's a process. It's a daily thing, I think. Yeah. And, and it's that turning point where, yes, now I've accepted Jesus forgiveness for my sins. I've accepted his sacrifice. I've accepted that he is my way to get to heaven, but now can I live a life where I put my trust in him, where when the outside world looks in, they see that my eyes are focused on him. Right. They see that, that my life is different, that my priorities are different, that my actions and words are different because now I'm looking to God. Right. And God says, my daily bread, he expects us to eat daily from his word. So if the only right. change in your life right now, if there's no change, if you've accepted Jesus and there's really not been a shift and you're struggling, it's not that you're happy, you know, the Bible tells us what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. Yeah. But if the only shift is that you're spending time in God's word, then that is a great place to start. Because it's not about cleaning ourselves up. It's about coming to him and allowing him to change us. Yeah, it's true. There's another verse that says, you know, you are the a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. It really is. Even if you start in the Psalms and start whatever today, what is the date today? Today is the 12th. So if you read Psalm 12 and Proverbs 12, start that way. If you're not a Bible reader, you find it, you know, a lot of people say, I don't understand. It's confusing. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Start in the Psalms because David will impart a lot of knowledge <laughs> into your life through Psalms. So I would encourage you even, even start just one, you know, in the morning, Psalm 12, verse one, just one verse. Also, they can just listen to a podcast as well, where we were reading. Or that. Yes, absolutely. Now, verse 22 <laughs> starts off by saying, you know, you haven't called me. You haven't wearied yourself for me, Israel. You haven't brought me offerings. You haven't, th this is, God's calling them out for living their life. And it's, it's like that quote that says, people want the power of God, but not the presence of God or the person of God through Jesus. So if your prayers are only seeking what God can give you, then you're missing the point because our prayer should start and end with who God is 
and the person of God and wanting to be in his presence. Right. And sometimes it's just being quiet. You know, I mean, I remember when I first started praying, I would write things down. I would write a list of everything that I needed to pray for because I needed that reminder and I would get on my knees and have that piece of paper in front of me. And ironically enough, God would bring to mind every single person on that list because like, you know, you've talked about before the, the Holy Spirit intercedes and here's the groans of our heart. So, I mean, it, just start small, five minutes Yeah, on, you know, praying, it will change your life. Absolutely. And then 25, I love this verse. <laughs> I, even I, am him who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and then I remember your sin no more. How much time and effort do we put into reliving our past mistakes? How much time do we waste feeling shame for our past mistakes? And God's like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. I don't even know who, what, what sin. I, I removed that yeah. sin. That sin is covered. It's almost like an insult to him. So you're saying Jesus came to earth, suffered, crucified to cover your sin with his blood, and you're going to go dig it up? It's so true. You know, oh, well, this sin, you didn't really die for this sin. It, your sacrifice wasn't enough to cover this. And God's saying, no more. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions, your sins for my own sake, not because of you, but because I love you and I want you. I want you. I love that. Not because you do more good than bad. Exactly. <laughs> not because you're a good person. You're called by my name now and I want a relationship with you and I don't want any of this gook. I don't want any of your mistakes, intentionally or non-intentional sin, to get in the way of you and me together. So I'm going to remove it. I'm going to physically, he brings a forklift if he needs to. He removes the sin. He puts it as far from the east is to the west, it says in the Bible. So we have freedom from regret. Yeah. We no longer have to live from a place of regret. We can live in a place of freedom. Now that should move us to a place of gratitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's something that you that you were just saying is brought to mind, like, the seasons of like the, the, the storms that, that won't, or the, the floods that won't overwhelm you and the fires that won't consume you, you know, when you're going through those difficult times, God uses those to, to like refine you and to mold you. When you come out of that storm, you're going to look different. You're going to look more like him in the old Testament, how they would put the idols in the, in the high, high, high intense heat to make these idols come out to look like things. You have to have it at a super high heat for it to look like something. And so God does the same with us. When we're going through those difficult times, we're going to come out looking different, looking more like him because that's the purpose of allowing the storm to happen exactly. because it all has to be filtered through God. Right. He's not willing to waste our pain. He's not willing right. to waste our difficult situations. He takes them. And just like he says, we are redeemed. He redeems situations to grow us and to make us different, to make us more, like you said, to make us look like him. Like, I want to yeah. look like Jesus. I want to be like Me Jesus. too. Yeah. And reading these scriptures and just talking about them, like, I hope everybody has a friend they can call and say, why don't we read Isaiah 43 tomorrow and just see, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, if let's say you're saying right now, I don't even know how to find Isaiah. I didn't even know Isaiah was a book in the Bible. What do you mean? Guess what? There's blue letter Bible dot 
org, I believe, which has commentaries and you can read up. But I know on, on iPhone, you have the version app and has the whole Bible and plans. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's a great place to start. EnduringWord.com. And you can go in and put in any Bible verse and it'll give you a little explanation of it. Let's talk a minute about devotionals. I think devotionals are a great place to start. I think the Bible app has excellent devotionals because they always explain and then they have you read the Word of God. However, right. I'm going to say for many years of my life, I had a little devotional and I read the little devotional and that's great for a, for a supplement, for something in addition. To exactly. It's like processed food. Yeah. So we should be reading healthy whole foods, right? And you can have a little processed foods if you want, but it should not replace the whole foods you're eating. And that right. is how the word of God is. The word of God should be your daily bread. You should be reading straight from the Bible. And there's study Bibles. There's a great NIV life application study Bible, which you read and then it gives you a little commentary on the bottom and it's all together. It's very simple. If you've only been reading devotionals, then I would challenge you to go to the word of God, even if you're going to read the devotional and then go to that chapter that they're discussing and read it from the word of yes. God, because we have a helper through the Holy Spirit. You can pray before Lord. I don't understand a thing about this. Pray and ask God to show you one truth. I love reading a chapter and then picking one verse out of that chapter, underlining it, highlighting it. I write it down in my journal. I use that as like my focus for prayer for that day. So out of this chapter, Right. I would probably pick, forget the former things in verse 18. Don't dwell on the past. Watch as I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. A great place to start is I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name in your mind. Like how about mm -hmm. just thinking about that all day? How about meditating on the fact, go through this whole chapter and write down every time it says you. It's so true. And like Shonda says, replace that with your name. You know, it's such a good point about the devotionals because it just, it's just like in church, you know, it's great to go to church. God says, do not forsake the fellowship. So you, you need to be in a Bible believing church. The pastor is telling you what, what God is speaking to him through the passages that he's teaching from, that he's teaching on, just like in the devotional. It's great. It's teaching you to know what God says about you, what God says for you. God can only speak to you through his word. He can speak to you indirectly through what somebody, what he's teaching somebody else, but he can only teach you what he wants for your life, for you specifically, for Shonda specifically through the pages of his word. Yeah. It's, it's great. Like you said, a supplement for, with a devotional church is amazing. You need to go to church. God can really speak to you through your pastor. He speaks directly to you and to your heart through the pages of his word and the promises that are found there. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's a great exercise to go through this chapter and just write down. He created Lisa. He formed Lisa. He redeemed Lisa. He calls Lisa by name. When, when Shonda goes through the water, he's going to be with Shonda. Shonda is precious and honored in his sight. He loves Shonda. Like rewrite the entire mm. chapter and just read that a few days a week in the morning and be encouraged because we do yes. have a God that loves us, that reveals himself to us. He's not, he doesn't want to hide. He wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to speak to you. He wants to encourage you and strengthen you. So dig in. Yeah, this is a gift from him. God's word is not just 
a book of a bunch of stories. It's a love letter to, to us to encourage and build us up and, and just talks about the whole story of redemption from Genesis to Revelation. Exactly. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you for joining me, Shonda. And thank you, friends, for joining us. We hope that you will tune in again for our next podcast. If it's the first time that you're hearing us, we encourage you to go back and listen to some of our former podcasts. Hopefully you found that we've grown and gotten more efficient. And hopefully you'll find <laughs> nuggets of truth throughout because our one and only aim is that we would know God and that we would help others to know him, to make him known. And if you don't follow us on social media, then go to Instagram and follow us on faithwithfriends underscore podcast. Until next time, thank you, friend of God. Yes, thank you for having me. And now you get to hear our afterthoughts. <laughs> you know, God doesn't say, come to me like, like now, come to me with your incense, come to me with, you know, with your, with your burn offerings, with all of these, these things that I required in the Rituals. past. All I'm asking yeah. is for you. Bring it. Yeah. Bring it, girl. Verse 22 says, you haven't wearied yourself for me. They, they didn't bring all that. They were not begging him for forgiveness. They were just living their life living their lives. Does that sound familiar? They were doing their thing. But he's saying, why haven't you come to me? Why haven't you wearied me? So instead of worrying, I will weary God with prayer and petition. But this is saying, you know, my people, you guys need to come to me. And, and they were not offering all the sacrifices that were required, begging for forgiveness. They were just, they were taking God for granted. And how often do we do that? Well, I don't have time to pray, but I'll pray tomorrow. No. Well, and he's waiting for us. That's what's so sad. You know, like, I mean, it's not, it's not, it should grieve our hearts that God is, says to you, says that he's always available. So that means he's waiting for you to enter his presence. Like, and, and what could be more important than that? Literally nothing. Exactly. And yet we wake up in the morning and go to the cleaners instead of waking up. We get up in the morning so true. and we open Facebook instead of opening the book. Like why? Uh, for okay. real. We just wanted to share okay. out your thoughts. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for today's Faith with Friends podcast. We hope you will like and subscribe as we continue the conversation. Follow us on Instagram at Faith with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you forward to your friends so our circle will continue to grow?